Welcome to the Dulas Youth Podcast. We hope this encourages and empowers you to be connected to God and one another. Thanks for joining us today. Enjoy the message. Welcome back to the Digging Deeper Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Cameron, and today I've got one of my favorite people, and if she's not one of your favorite, then she's soon to be, the one and only Jess Trujillo. Welcome, Jess. Oh, hello. So are you excited to be on the podcast today? I am. I wanted to be last week, so I'm pumped. Well, here you are. You made it. So Jess, as we get going today, uh, I thought it would be good for people just to kind of get to know you a little bit. So I'm just going to throw some questions at you and then you're just going to have to go with it. Let's do it. All right. So tell everybody your favorite food, actually favorite meal to eat, where it's at and why you love it. Oh man. Okay. This is not fair to say because it's a buffet and a buffet. it's <laughs> and it's at Fogo de Chao and oh. it's in Dallas and it's a Brazilian steakhouse. Yes. Obviously, that's the right choice. I mean, steak, bread. It's yeah, all those you really need. Brazilian cheese rolls. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I had some last night. They're amazing. So, not La- from there. Oh, we okay. made them. I was about to say. I was like, let if, there, if we weren't in the middle of a pandemic, yeah. I would want to go there right now. All right, so that's cool. Everybody knows you like meat. That's good. That's a good, <laughs> good thing. Good signs. Yeah. Telling signs. All right, so tell me, um, where did you go to high school, college? Give everybody just a little bit of background on you. Okay. Um, I went to high school in Mansfield, the original MHS, and I went to school at Dallas Baptist University. So, yeah, both great schools. Yeah. I loved it. That's good. Grew up in the youth group. Yeah. All that. Let's let's have a little bit of fun. Okay. <laughs> You're probably not gonna be prepared for this. That's good. But give me your funniest youth group memory. Oh man. This is uh <laughs> there's okay, let me think of Or greatest. It doesn't have to necessarily be funniest. But. Well, this is just like a funny one. Okay. Um but <laughs> This is like, I don't know if this is, this is about poop. Is that okay to talk about? I think so. Okay. Is it? We'll see how it goes. <laughs> we'll see. So, um, so I led worship when I was in high school, right? And um, so me and some guys did and Julia and so we were all there and the guys thing was that they always had to poop before yeah. worship. They called it the pre pre-service poop okay and and they went so it was like one of those things I don't know if I can just call them out like this yeah, I don't know if you, can you guys either. can just infer um and he, he really had to go to the bathroom but like our timer was on and we only had a very small amount of time so he's like I think I can do it like I'm not singing until the chorus of the first song oh my god so he runs he runs out and we start like uh, we start the song, the the first song without him, and he comes <laughs> back onto stage. Tries. There's no way to subtly come yeah, on stage. Not in the sports. Not center. in the sports center. So he comes on stage. As soon as he's walking up, he's lifting his hands <laughs> <laughs> as he's coming up to the, be- the like on stage. I'm like, this is not. And I don't know if anyone like questioned that ever, yeah. but I just remember. That's hilarious. <laughs> that vivid memory. <laughs> That's great. All right. So. Um, one last one, okay? Okay. The greatest lesson you've learned recently. Recently. Could be a book, could be a podcast, could just be life experience, yeah. things you're studying here and listening to. Um, 
I think one thing that I've just focused on a ton, it's just, well, it's not, it's one of those things that pop, pops out to you and you're like, okay, yeah. God, I hear you. Like you're not being subtle with me. And it's about, um, it's going to sound kind of weird, but it's just about eye contact with the Lord in the sense of keeping your eyes fixed on him and, um, and like the power of that. And honestly, it started when all of the racism stuff started yeah. and um, Amada Berry, it was the day we were all supposed to run and I was running on the trails and I honestly had dismissed it. Like I was like, had just kept going, but I saw a man, a black man was running and we were running towards each other and he, well, not towards each other, but in opposite directions. And he, we made eye contact and he like lifted his hand up and he was like, keep going. And, um, I got back to my car. I'm like emotional thinking about it, but I got back to my car and I just felt the Lord really speak to me and just say like, there's a human behind that headline. And it's that eye contact that restores, like restores humanity. And in the same way, there's eye contact that restores something in you when you're looking at the Lord, um, that restores everything that you need is in him and all the, and so it's just, it's been everywhere. Lindley can tell you about it. We've been sending messages back and forth. No, that's awesome. And you know, one of the things that I love about you and what you just said is I always love how you look for, I don't know if it's intentionally or if it's just kind of your spirit, the way that you do things, but just this kind of deeper, uh, deeper meaning into stuff. But more than that, you're able to articulate it in a way that makes sense to people. You know, Mm -hmm. like when you say this eye contact with the Lord, like that just gives you a perfect visual for what you're talking about and not just, well, I'm just really trying to see people for who they are. Yeah. And everybody's like, okay, yeah, I kind of get that. Yeah. So, so that's a really cool thing. I'm excited for our discussion today. On Sunday, we went through Ephesians chapter three and uh, really just had a great time breaking down this powerful passage. So what Ephesians three does is it it's almost like a bridge text because we have Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 2 that bring up a lot of stuff that is very, very um, relevant to our day and time. This stuff about how Gentiles who were viewed as outsiders were viewed Mm -hmm. as second-class citizens, like they can't have what I have. Um, What the gospel does, what Jesus has done is he's removed all those things. So chapter 2 with all that He's removed the barrier of hostility or the dividing wall of hostility. And so in chapter three, we get a little bit of that, like, hey, you guys are co-heirs. We're members of the same body. We're partakers in the promise together. All of that stuff's really good. But where I want us to go today as we dig a little bit deeper is to go somewhere that we didn't have a chance to go on Sunday. And that's really establishing this idea of God's grace. So in chapter one, we hear that it's one of the seven spiritual blessings, that we received God's grace. Uh, In chapter two, Paul takes it to the next level, and he says that salvation comes by grace through faith. It's not of ourselves, not by works, so that no one can boast. And then in chapter three, he honestly kind of talks about grace as it's just kind of um, something we already know about. But I want to dig a little bit deeper because I think it, it really helps us understand this mystery that's brought up all through chapter 3. Mm-hmm. And we talked on Sunday, this mystery is literally that, that God has opened up 
um, his family to, to people that weren't legitimate children. They weren't people that were it by birth, but yeah. people that had been brought in because of God's grace. Yeah. And so um, we see it first in verse 2 where that Paul was, was given, you've heard, he says, of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you. Hmm. And this is just one of those really cool phrases when you look at it. Because the, the stewardship, it, it's that God has, um, like, if you think of money, so God has, like, all this money, and he says, this portion of it I want to give for this es- express reason. Like, yeah. that's why we call it stewardship when you give at the church, because you have all your money, and when you give, you steward this certain part for that. I think it's so cool that Paul uses that to describe how God gave grace to him yeah. for these people specifically. Yeah. And he's saying that, that God gave me this extra, this extra amount and said, hey, you're the preacher to the Gentiles. You're the one that's going to get this message across. And here's the message. It's about my grace. So my question for you, Jess, is how would you define grace? If, if someone came up to you, they've never heard about Jesus, they've never heard about God before, they just yeah. go, What's grace? What do you tell them? How would you try to describe it? Okay, man, this is, I remember you teaching us this (laughs) in high school. The difference between, um, what's the other word? Grace and mercy. Grace and mercy. I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that I remember the exact differentiation that you used. But I think it's just, it's getting something you don't deserve, right? Yeah. Okay, is that um, pretty on point? I'll I'll give it to you. Okay. Uh, And... I think Cole actually went through this a little bit a couple weeks ago, but um, grace is getting what you don't deserve where mercy is not getting what you deserve. So yeah, kind of that same idea, but go ahead. Yeah. So basically that, and I think it's so cool that Paul has such a good understanding of that because you look at these Bible characters and they're like heroes in our eyes. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, this is a grace. And even the way that he refers him like to himself the whole time, I think that's just a really good, accurate way for us to yeah. see ourselves. Yeah, grace Grace is something that no matter what you or I do, mm-hmm. we can't do anything to deserve it. Yeah. It's a, it's a gift, which is actually the way Paul describes it. When you go down to verse 7, he says, Of this gospel I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, yeah. which was given to me by the working of his power. And he goes on, he says, to me, though I'm the very least of all the saints. And we went through this a little bit on Sunday, but like, I love that phrase um, because what Paul's obviously not the very least of the saints, right? right? And this isn't some false humility where he's just talking down about himself and being like, oh, I'm so, I'm such like just a bad person. I'm not a good preacher, all that sort of stuff. He's saying, no, 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 no. It's not about me. Yeah. Like we just did something um, last week. Maybe you guys saw the video online or at service. Um, But we were pouring the the stage in the theater of the Mm. of the youth building. And as a youth staff, we were kind of talking about like what can we do? And I'd had this idea of like all of us writing certain things that we thought were important and doing it. And I just kept feeling really weird hmm. about there being anything kind of like made by human hands yeah. being this important, like this, this 
symbolic thing for us. And so what we did is we literally just took one of my old Bibles, um, one that I used to preach from, and we put it on the stage where we're going to stand to preach. Yeah. Because we're not going to be standing on the words of Brian or Cole or Mike or Matt or Jess. Yeah. Or Kelly, I know you're, you're listening, uh, but we're not, we're not going to do that. What we're going to stand upon is the Word of God. And, and that's what Paul's saying. He's saying, listen, I, I don't deserve this in any form or fashion, but the, the part that's really cool to me, he goes on, he says, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Yeah. So, when we talk about grace, I think one of the reasons why it's hard for us to define it is because it's not something that we can just easily put into words, right? Like, I know I just said this, and I'm going to ask you to explain, but you're better with words than I am a lot of times. So, when when we talk about grace, that it's something that's so much more an, an experience yeah. than it is an, an understanding. Yeah. Like Paul says it, it's this unsearchable riches of Christ. Yes. Um, he goes on later in the passage to say it's beyond all knowledge. Like yep. we try to understand it, we try to explain it, but it's really something you experience. So yeah. maybe give us an example of that or where you've seen God's grace or how you would help describe that to someone who's going like, what? I don't really know what you mean. Yeah, this abstract idea. That's funny because just yesterday I was talking to Brian about this and I hadn't thought about it in a long time. But um, probably my sophomore year of college, I went through this like season. I'm sure I talked to you about it where I was <laughs> like, I am a terrible singer. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not a good singer. Why am I doing this? Why do you have me here? There's people that are much better qualified than I am to do this. And, um, and I just kind of went through this struggle and it wasn't a one-time thing, by the way, (laughs) of just being like, I'm not fit to do this. Um, and God just really had to teach me that like, it's never been about your gifting. You know, it's never been about your talent or your abilities. Um, it's like God's grace on your life. And I've seen that so like I've seen it follow me my whole life in in getting this job in, um, you know, (laughs) when you were 18, (laughs) yeah, when I was 18, a million things and just being, and knowing that it's for other people, it was a very thing. Like, it's not about the sound of your voice. It's about the message that, that I have for the people of Crossroads in you. And that has been such a pressure relieving thing. It's like, you're not good enough and you don't have to be. Yeah, that's good. That's real good. You know, I think, I think there's people that, that need to just hear about grace, especially in our society. Yeah. You know, there's so much pressure on us to, to be perfect, especially right now. And For sure. I know that people might get offended by me even bringing up the whole cancel culture, but like mm. there's this expectation out there for perfection. And sure, it's not as much body shaming anymore like it was when I was growing up. Yeah. You know, now it's like you have to have never said anything against anyone. You have to have never done that. And there's times when Satan loves to use that lie for us as believers and makes us think like, no, you looked at that. No, you you did this a long time ago. You went to this place, you know, whatever it is. And he loves to bring up all these wrong things that we've done. But 
that's where grace comes in. Yeah. And, and that's what Paul's saying. Like, Paul knows his past. Now, he knows that God has given him grace for that. But do you think for a moment that Paul doesn't remember the fact that he was the one who took responsibility for killing the first right. Christian? Wow. You know? And, like, his first mission trip was to Damascus to persecute the church, you know? And, like, so, so God didn't even necessarily, like, change what Paul was doing. He just changed why he was doing it, what his purpose was, because he gave right. him all this grace. Right. And when, when Paul hears, hey, or when, when, Paul, uh, when Paul describes here that he's been given this, this extra amount of grace for the Gentiles, Man, that puts such a it puts such a calling, but it also releases such a burden on yeah. people, and and I, and I I think that's hard for people to understand because following Jesus, you know, he describes it and he says, if anyone would follow me, he must take up his cross daily, or excuse me, if anyone would come after me, he must take up his cross daily and follow me. You know, Luke nine twenty three. People hear that and they're like, wow, that sounds miserable. Yeah. Like. I have to carry my cross. I have to, I have to do these sort of things. And they just think the, the hardship that comes from following Jesus. But Jesus also says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Right. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So we read those and we're like, those don't match up. Yeah, what? Like, how can I have a light burden, but I'm also carrying a cross? Mm-hmm. How can I yoke up with Jesus, you know, get in this together and, and not, not get it? And, and what I think, like, Paul is such a great example of someone who is facing hardship. Like, he, he even says in here, uh, I got to find the exact passage, but when he tells them um, in verse 13, he says, I ask you to not lose heart over what I am suffering. But he doesn't stop there. Yeah. You, you catching it? Yeah. What I'm suffering for you, which is your glory. Listen, Paul starts off chapter 3, and he says, I'm a prisoner of Christ Jesus. That's not a term that we think of and we go, oh, man. That sign sounds awesome. Like, yeah. sign me up. Call me into that ministry. Right. I want to go to prison for yeah. following Jesus. But Paul's perspective is totally different because it's not an earthly perspective. It's not something where, where the devil is able to infiltrate him and make him think you're not good enough, you're not doing that. No, what happens is where Paul goes, I'm the least of all these, it's not from the stance of Satan telling him it's not good right. enough. It's the overwhelming presence of the grace of Jesus yeah. that makes him go, I'm not good enough for this. Yeah. Like, I know all the wrong that I've done. I know all these things that I've messed up with. And yet, what I get to do is Jesus says, hey, if you want to come after me, take up your cross daily and follow me. And so that's why Paul writes, I die daily. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And it's not this burdensome um, way of following someone. It's literally the most relief that you can yeah, have. Yeah. Because I choose to follow Jesus and his grace covers all this stuff for me. Yeah. So it's not the expectation of man, I gotta be perfect. I gotta do all these things. No, his grace relieves us of that pressure. Right, right. 
And I, I think that's just incredibly cool and really important for us to understand. And it can be so counterintuitive, too, yeah. to what, like, I just think of those signs that you see in homes that's like, <laughs> you are enough, you know? And it's, and, and it's like... The best part about God is that you don't have to be. Yeah. And it's the only place that in your weakest moment, God sh- like does Absolutely. his best work. And yeah. so it's like, it's just a guaranteed like safety that in your weakest moment and in your best moment, God is still the one doing everything. Absolutely. So it's re- it really is pressure relieving, um, but it can be super like counterintuitive. Absolutely. And countercultural. Right. Like, yeah, right. I, that's yeah. our, that's our thing. It's not the way you're thinking. It's definitely not the way the world's thinking. Yeah. So, <clears throat> all right, let's keep, let's keep going with this idea. Uh, Paul brings it up first in, in verse seven, where he talks about, like we said, he was made a minister to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of, and here's the word, his power. Now, one of the things I didn't have time to get into on Sunday, but I think it's just kind of a cool way that you trace things through this chapter, is Paul talks here first about power, and he talks about how God gave it to him, mm-hmm. that God's power made its way through him. But he, he moves on, and he says later on in, in verse 16, he's now praying for, for strength for, for every one of them. Um, and he says that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Yeah. So Paul's saying, I've experienced the power, but now I'm praying that you will also experience this same power. And then what I love about it is in verse 20, which is kind of the most popular verse of chapter three. Yeah. He says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. us. Yeah. I love that. To him be glory and in Christ Jesus, or excuse me, glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So what Paul does is he says, God had given him power. He's felt it. He's experienced. I pray that you would have the power, that you would feel it. Yeah. You would experience it. But really, this power is at work within us, and the goal of this power is to bring glory to God through the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And for me, that's just like, that's the coolest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you talk about grace, what God does is grace is something we receive, and then He, through that grace, gives us this power that we don't have on our own. It's not something that we just possess, but when we give our lives to Jesus, as Ephesians 1 talks about, like we receive this power, and Paul describes it in Romans, that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in everyone who believes. Yeah. And so he's going, I've, I've felt it, I've experienced it, I pray that you would have it, and this is what's going to give glory to God yeah. in the church. So let's just take a moment, okay? Mm-hmm. How have you experienced God's power in your life or maybe even from there, talk about like, why is it so important that we understand where our power comes from and that we like actually try to use that power? Right. Why, is, right. why, are those thi- why do those things matter? Why is Paul praying this for these people? When I try and talk to my little brothers about like 
when I, they're not that little, but when I try and like explain to them, I'm like, this is legitimately like a superpower, yeah. like the ability to pray, especially like a lot of times reading the old Testament, this might seem derailing, but I'm going somewhere is mm-hmm. can be like super like, wow, it's tough. You know, <laughs> it's not the lightest read, but like it gives you a really um, good grip on like how, amazing it is to be able to pray to God whenever you want, wherever you are. And the kind of people that had to walk through a different story before you get to live the life that you're living. And, um, I think that has been one, one of the biggest things was just the ability to talk to God when I can't do something. Um, there's someone who can, and even in the smallest details, like, just becoming friends with the Lord and having that kind of access. Like I've found myself asking God a lot, what do you think about that? Mm. Like in, or just, I was telling Kelly this, I was like, I wonder what God's facial expression looks like (laughs) when, you know, someone is saying things like this. Like I wish, which is funny because it goes back to that eye contact thing of like, you know, when you're making eye contact with someone in the room and you're not talking, but like you both know, like you both know. And that's kind of like, I wish sometimes that I could just be like, that's me. That's my way of trying to make eye contact. What are you thinking? You know, and the power of that plays out in every single day. And I've seen it so vividly in the smallest moments of just being obedient in, in, you know, in the daily things that can seem really boring and being obedient and asking God to come into those moments and they turn into much bigger moments. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, it's uh, the power of prayer and having access to that is what I feel when I try and tell people like, this is amazing. Well, and that's what I love about your answer because I, di- I didn't tell you ahead of time how to answer that. Right. <laughs> but what I think gets people confused is a lot of times when they hear power and the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in us. Yeah. Okay. They think that they don't have power if they're not raising people from the dead or yeah. casting out demons or doing like these huge miraculous things. And it's like, no, no, no. This power is something you're tapping into every moment yeah. of every day. And literally, like you're saying, just that power of prayer, that mm-hmm. conversation and doing all that. And, and, and putting, again, the idea of yoking yourself with Jesus, putting, putting him in the position where his power can be made uh, manifested through you. Yeah. And, and you only do that when you're yoked together. Right. And so if not, then Jesus is way over there and I'm just hoping he shows up to mm-hmm. have power in my life rather than, Hey, we have this, this relationship where we're in this together. Yeah. You're carrying my burdens yeah. and you're showing your power through me. Like, yeah. It's kind of a cool thing. So I think, it, I think that's really good. Uh, so, so one, one last thing, and then we'll, we'll wrap this up. Um, Paul's prayer is so powerful at the end of Ephesians chapter 3. We read verse 20, but I want to read verses um, 17 through 19, and I really just think this is a good prayer for all of us, um, but we're going we're gonna to read it, and then we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit. Yeah. So Paul writes and says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Yeah. For me, 
it's special to hear Paul, who starts in Ephesians chapter 1 with what many scholars, even outside of Christian, uh, Christian circles, would say is some of the most powerful and beautiful writing of, the, of ancient literature. Like the fact that the seven spiritual blessings is one sentence is like a marvel yeah. to literature people, critics. I don't know the right way to say that. <laughs> but here's this guy who knows how to use all of his words yeah. and knows how to do that. And yet when he's describing the love of God, he says, here's my prayer. I pray that you would know how high, how long, how wide, how deep. Yeah is the love of God that surpasses knowledge. Yeah. And what I want to help all of our listeners understand is it's okay sometimes to not be able to put things into, into words correctly. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all right to just rest in the love of Jesus and not be able to tell other people. Yeah. Like, there are times when, when, when people look at us and they're like, why are you emotional right now? Yeah. My son loves to do it. My son will, like, he'll, he, he loves to go, Dad, why are you crying? <laughs> you know, or something like that. That's great. And I just can't even say anything, yeah. you know. Um, but it's just one of those things you have to experience. And um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to add anything to that, but just talking about understanding the relationship that we have with Jesus and just this beautiful nature of it. Yeah. I just, I love the way that Paul describes it. And I think it's a great prayer for us to all pray for each yeah. other. I didn't realize, it makes sense now, because the Bible says like the, you put the word in your heart and then yeah. it, it stays there. And a prayer that I've prayed, I was looking back at a journal from like 2017 and I've prayed this journal I've prayed this phrase that anything that's supposed to like destroy me would make my grow would make my faith grow deeper. Mm. And I've always had this picture of a plant and like someone trying to rip up a plant and that every time like an, another pool comes that the roots would go in a little bit deeper. Mm. And I've had that prayer um because like that's inevitable. It's not like when hard times come like if yeah. it's like when, yeah. you know? And um and so it just makes sense because when you're grounded in love, those things, it's not something that's torn up easily, mm. especially with the more things that come if your roots just grow deeper every time. And, and, and that other prayer, God, give me a greater understanding of your love, the heights, mm. the depth. Yeah. And that's like the ability to understand God's love for you enables you to love other people, enables you to love people who have done wrong by you, who yeah. have betrayed you, who have treated you poorly, whatever it may be, which we all deal with that in a different sense. People like, especially like high schoolers, people that are talking bad about you, people that are making up lies about you, but somehow you have a love in your heart for mm-hmm. them. That's, that's God. And it's because of an understanding of his love for you. That's yeah. the only way those things come. Yeah, the love that you don't deserve. Yeah. Uh, it goes yeah. back to that grace. Yeah. So I would, I would encourage everybody, uh, man, this has been a good, this has been a good talk. It's been good for me. It's been refreshing. Hopefully it's good for all of you. And I would just encourage anybody that's listening. If you've never experienced that love of God, that is beyond explanation, that it surpasses knowledge. Uh, I would encourage you reach out to any of us um, on social media, DM us on our accounts, um, or maybe just find someone you know who's a believer and reach out to them 
but I will tell you, it'll be the greatest thing you ever do. And yeah. that's, our, that's the heart and soul of everything behind this. Like I said before, like we're not looking to just give people information. No. We're looking to bring transformation. And so I hope this is helpful to you. If it is helpful, help us out by spreading the good news and subscribing to our podcast, sharing it on your social media and giving it other people. But thank you so much for listening today. Jess, you got any final words for everybody? Um. I think I would just challenge you to just pray that, like, God, um, show me how, show me more of your love. And then look for the details, yeah. like the smallest things that you're like, God doesn't care about, blah, blah, blah. He literally does. So. That's good. <laughs> well, we love you guys, and we can't wait to be with you again next week. Bye. See ya. Thanks for joining us today. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, even take a screenshot and share it to your social stories and tag us at Dulas Youth. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you soon.